Hello and welcome to Donnacloney Parish Dial-In Service. We're glad you can join with us in the services that we're trying to produce Sunday by Sunday and we hope you're encouraged and helped and challenged by them. God's word, let's use these verses and responses. Your word is a lantern to my feet and a light upon our path. O Lord, your word is everlasting. It stands firm forever in the heavens. Let us then receive the word of the Lord. So may the light of your presence shine into our hearts. We're going to read from Luke chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll. Gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Physician, surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do you hear in your hometown what we heard you did in Capernaum? Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel when leprosy with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through them and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we continue in prayer. Eternal God, in whose sight a thousand years are like a watch in the night, guide us now and always as you've led us in times past, that our hearts may learn to choose your will through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And we declare together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us. Father, we thank you that you know us. We pray that you take us into the heart of Christ this morning. Let us bring all our worries and our fears as we enter into a new year. Let us draw deep this morning, deep, deep from the well of your truth in your son, Jesus Christ. For we ask this for his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to begin uh, a new series this morning uh, that's based on a book that I read uh, back in uh, April. It's a book called Dan Ortland, by Dan Ortland called Gentle and Lowly, uh, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. It's an amazing little book uh, that I have read over and over and over again. And I really commend it to you. Uh, Dan Ortland, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And this will probably be my last sermon series in the parish. Later next month, I'll move to the parish of Drumglass in Dungannon and Moigashal. And I have been praying and praying what to preach to you. What will be the last words that you'd hear from me? And I think, in fact, I know the greatest thing that I could do this morning is to hold up the heart of Christ. Because if you're a Christian, I want to ask you, how do you think Jesus feels about you? It's not something to really think about, is it? That's because, well, I for one, I'm not really good with the whole touchy-feely stuff. Uh, I'm not somebody who really gets in tune with my emotions often. And actually, truth be told, if someone were to ask us, as I've just asked you, how might Christ feel about us, we'd be nervous to know the answer. Perhaps we would picture Jesus with a wagging finger. Perhaps we'd picture Jesus with a hand on the head. And perhaps we feel that because of our sin or our circumstances. You know, if I've sinned like that again, that Jesus must be furious with me. Life is so hard. Jesus must be angry with me. Well, this morning, I want to show you from Luke's gospel that actually nothing could be further from the truth. I want to show you that Jesus' heart is full of compassion and love for sinners and sufferers. And that is most natural posture but for you and for me 
is not a wagging finger, but actually and surprisingly, it's open arms, open arms of love. You see, as I leave, I want you to see not just what Jesus has done for you. I want you to see who he truly is. And actually, I want you to feel who he is. And we see who he is clearly in Luke's gospel. Over the next week, we're going to look at sections of Luke because Luke seems to have a real interest in Christ's heart for sinners and sufferers. And if we look again at these sections of the Bible, what I want you to know is that Jesus has not changed. He's not changed from what we read in the Bible. Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Jesus we meet here in Luke is the same Jesus that we pray to, that we're trying to learn about, that we're trying to serve today. The pandemic coronavirus, COVID-19, call it what you will, particularly over these last few weeks, has hit us all very hard. And I know people have found still following Christ very difficult. You've got out of the way of Christian fellowship. You've been able to watch online, but the problem with watching online is that you can just kind of drift a bit. You haven't been able to fellowship together have been able people haven't been asking how you going in Christ and I think a lot of people's faith has shrunk there'll be others for him it's been rough because you've lost a job a family member there's been worry and strain and my prayer is that all of us as we come into this new year would see and feel Christ's heart for sinners and sufferers of course, Luke 4 isn't the beginning of Jesus' life. We've seen that actually in Luke chapter 2. But it is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. He's been baptised and anointed with the Holy Spirit and then tempted by Satan. And in Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus coming into, from verse 14 to 15, we see him coming into the synagogue in Galilee. And in verse 16, we see back home in Nazareth. And what happens there is really surprising. Because picture the scene. It's Saturday, the holy day for the Jews. It's the Sabbath. And Jesus, as homeboy coming home here to Nazareth, he's asked to do the Bible reading. And so he comes up to the lector and he reads Isaiah 61 and actually Isaiah 58 as well. And he preaches on those passages. And it looks like a very short sermon. Just look at verse 21. He began by saying to them, Today the scriptures are filled in your hearing. And that's a bit of a shocker because could you imagine me walking up to a pulpit? We read Isaiah 63 or we read Luke 4. And I say to you, That's all about me. Yeah, just, just look at me and you see exactly what's happening here in Luke 4. No wonder the people were amazed. But look at the first thing that Jesus has come to do. If you've got a Bible, please open it to Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 18. 
He's got good news to bring. And at the minute, good news is hard to find, isn't it? It's really hard to find. I guess many of us are worrying about the rising R number, this new, um, vet, not variant, but straight, it's, yeah, it's variant of coronavirus, and then the fallout over Brexit. And that's why we not only have to listen to the news, although actually maybe we need to turn into the news a little bit less. But what we really need is Jesus' good news. We need his good news. See, he came to preach and to proclaim the good news. And did you see that that word proclaim comes three times in verses 18 and 19? Jesus was first and foremost a preacher. Why you find him later in Luke asserting that he must go and preach. That's why he sent Luke 4 verse 43. And he came to preach not gloom, doom and despair. No, he came, he came should I say, to proclaim, verse 18, good news to the poor. Freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Verse 19, the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus has fantastic news. You might be saying, well, that's not for me. I'm not poor. I'm not blind. I'm not oppressed. Well, actually, if you understand the Bible properly, that's exactly who you are. That's exactly who I am. No, no, no. You see, if we read the context of Isaiah... We would understand that the poor here in verse 18 aren't necessarily those who are financially weak. No, the poor here are those who have rejected God and under his judgment. In this case, Israel. Just like you see that, 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 that that's how it goes. Think about Psalm 34 verse 6. Or King David calls himself a poor man. Certainly wasn't financially poor. And yet he knew what it was to be a sinner. Under the judgment of God. And you see by nature we are all poor. Caught by our own sin. And, and here's the weird thing. You and I and the world outside thinks that Sin brings freedom. That actually as we sin, we'll be free to do what we like. But actually it's the opposite. Sin brings slavery. If you don't believe me, just try stopping sinning. Try to see if you can do that in your own strength. And it not only makes us enslaved, it also makes us blind. Why can't I, I can't see it when I go wrong and it takes Lisa or somebody else to tell me, you've messed up. And it's only when we understand that bad news that we're enslaved by sin, that we're poor in the sight of God, we don't love him, that we are blind to our own sin. Only then 
will Jesus' good news mean anything to us at all? That's why so many people think Jesus is just irrelevant, a swear word at best. But you see, when I see that I'm spiritually poor, captive in my sin, oppressed, then suddenly verse 18 comes alive. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, says Jesus, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's me. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner. That's me. Recovery of the sight for the blind. That's me. To set the oppressed free. That's me. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I need God's favor. Jesus has great news. Maybe you've never seen that before. You've thought that Jesus is just boring or just brings bad news. He's just there to cramp your style. No, he's good news. And I'd love you to see that for yourself. And maybe for some of us, we've lost sight of that. Some of us are so familiar with Jesus that we're no longer impressed by him. So the start of a new year is a great time to reset, to remember that Jesus has got good news. But it will only be good news if we realise how desperately we need it. So let me tell you an example of that. A fire engine is only good news if I realise I see it passing down the street heading towards the rectory. If I know the rectory's on fire. The news that there's a vaccine for COVID-19 is only good news if I see the danger of the pandemic. Now I said poor means spiritually poor, but here's the weird thing. It is often the material poor who are much better at seeing their spiritual need. And that's why it can be when people have money that Sharing the gospel with them can be very hard. Well-off people struggle to realise that they're in spiritual need. But the truth is, whether we've got loads of money in the bank or not much money in the bank, we are all spiritually poor. And Jesus brings good news. But what is it actually? Well, it's good news about freedom and it's good news about favour. So first of all, Jesus' good news about God's freedom We love to be free, don't we? Whether that's teenagers wanting to be free from their parents, or us all longing to be free from these COVID restrictions, free not to wear masks, free to be able to gather as a church again. And true freedom is what Jesus promises. Just look at verse 18 and see that Jesus uses free or freedom two times. Freedom for the prisoners to set the oppressed free. And as we've seen, that's all of us by nature taken hostage by sin. And Jesus comes to set us free from our slave master. He does that by dying on the cross for our sin. Galatians 5 verse 1 tells us, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so the Christian can sing as we do, Long my imprisoned lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eyes diffused a quickening ray, I woke the dungeon flame with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Can you truly sing that? Do you know what he, that feels like? You can if you come to Jesus. And know that he not only proclaims that freedom, but also gives that freedom. Again, there'll be those for whom this is new news. 
but I'd love you to come to Jesus and receive the freedom that only he can give you. There'll be others of us here who we know this, but we've forgotten the wonderful freedom that Jesus brings. And we've wandered back towards slavery. We need to see Christ's heart for, for, for sinners and sufferers. And that the Christian life is fantastic news about freedom. And it's also good news about God's favour. Again, we all want favour. We all want likes. So we post something on Facebook or Instagram and we constantly check whether anybody's liked it. How many thumbs up have I got? How many views have I got? Actually, we're often chasing the wrong opinions. Because at the end of the day, there's only one opinion that matters. It's God's. And here's the amazing thing. Because of Jesus being born for us, because of his life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, because of his ascension, we can know God's opinion of us. And his opinion is like favour. Look at verse 19. Jesus has come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, in Isaiah's day, the year of the Lord's favour happened every 50th year. If you want to look at it, you can read it in Leviticus 25 and do a little bit of study today if you want. But now the year of the Lord's favour is every year. In fact, it's every day. Today is the year of the Lord's favour. Today is a day when you can know the Lord's favour, when you can know God's opinion of you. Today is a day to know that God loves you, that God is for you. And because of what Jesus has done, what Jesus is like, because of his heart towards his people, God loves you. That means we don't have to play the game that we often do. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Because I think many of us are like that with God. I know I can be like that sometimes. And I know during this lockdown, for some, there's been real spiritual drift and a lot of struggles. And if that's us, the danger in the midst of the hardships is to start thinking, he loves me not. Look at what's happening, Lord. I'm stuck in this house again. I can't go out and be with people. I can't see my family. Didn't see them at Christmas. I can't even see them over the start of this new year. God's not pleased with me. I don't have his favour. He loves me not. But actually as Christians, we need to preach to ourselves. That in Christ, God loves me. He loves me. And we can be sure about that because of what Jesus says here. He casts out those doubts and fears that God doesn't somehow love us very much or even at all. He, 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 he casts out the fear that we've fallen out of favour with God. After the sermon, we're going to sing a hymn called Be Still My Soul. And I want you to listen to the first verse. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. 
bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change he will faithfully remain. Be still my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. It's exactly the truth that we see in Jesus' words here. Jesus proclaiming freedom, freedom and favor. And we can know these things. And that's exactly what we're going to see in the rest of the sermon series. Because when Jesus sees sinners and sufferers, he doesn't run away from them. No, like the father, the prodigal. He runs toward them. He runs with compassion towards us and reaches us and loves us with a heart full of compassion and with words full of comfort. Gracious words as these people in Luke chapter 4 verse 22. As they hear Jesus' words, they hear them as gracious words. How we need to hear those gracious words again. How we need to feel his gracious heart towards us. Words that promise freedom and favour. And they're not empty promises. Because of his heart for us. He will live and then give his own life. To give us freedom from all that enslaves us. And to open up the possibility of favour with God. You know, I think there are a lot of us who know what Christ has done for us on the cross. And that's a brilliant thing to know. We know that he died on the cross. We know that three days later he rose again from the dead. They're great truths to know. But I wonder how many of us actually know his heart for us. And how Christ feels about us. I know that I need to know that more and more and more and more. And not just to know truths in my head. Not, not just to know his atoning work for my sinfulness, but also of his longing heart in the midst of my sinfulness. Not just that he's sovereign over my suffering, but that he actually cares and loves me deeply in the midst of my suffering. See, we Christians are very good at explaining what Jesus says in his word and what he does on the cross. Now, don't get me wrong, those things are very important. If you don't know who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross, learn them. But often, we don't look at Christ's heart we're often better knowing that Jesus is love than feeling that love. So in these precious weeks together, please ponder the heart of Christ for sinners and for sufferers. Christ loves you. He wants you to know his good news about freedom. And it's good news about knowing God's favour in his life, death, resurrection and ascension. But my prayer, my prayer 
is that you'll both know these truths and feel these truths. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and ask that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant us to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And Father, I pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Father, take us deep into the heart of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Cluny Parish. God bless you.